0: Do you want me to take this next part? No, thank you. This is my story to tell. Of course, but I can tell the other part if you'd rather wait. I know you still had some things you wanted to do today anyways. I'm good to do the first part now. Then someone else can take over what happened when I wasn't there. Alright. I'll be nearby if you need me. Of course. Thank you, Sam. Anytime, Vivian. Anytime. To say I was surprised to hear that name would be an understatement. I had only heard it once before when I met with one of the women who rescued me and kept me alive. She told it to me as a warning, lest the humans learn of me and my abilities. For a long time after that... I felt a pang of fear whenever I heard something even close to that name, but that was so long ago that I had not thought of it for years. Yet here I was, facing the distinct possibility that I would be meeting the man responsible for the death of my mother, a woman who only ever wanted to alleviate her family's poverty. The man who robbed me of a chance to ever meet that family. It took me some time to come to terms with this reality, but I knew we had no time to waste if we wanted to reach our destination before the freezing. So I kept to myself most of that night, not speaking to anyone, and then the next day I sorted through my feelings as I sorted through our supplies. The methodical, familiar movements helped me put enough of my unease to rest for me to be able to ignore the rest of it. Sam did not press to see how I was doing, but he did remind me that I was not alone in his own way. I honestly don't think I'd be where I am today without him. Thankfully, I never had to experience that. And thankfully, while the others did give me some strange looks, they didn't press me about what was going on either. I knew Sam didn't tell them who the scientist was to me, but they knew something was up. I had no interest in telling them until it became relevant, and at the time, it was not We found another path that led us around the edge of the marketplace, taking even more care to cover our tracks than normal. The last thing we wanted was to deal with the human soldiers or any fey who may have been sent to investigate. We were able to avoid both as we trudged through the bitter cold. It took us three days to find the lab, which was so incredibly well hidden that it took another day to find a way in. The Druidus is the one who found it. James noticed the presence of wildlife that should have been settling into hibernate, and the Druidus realized that they were, and followed one of them to an opening in a nearby cliff face. It turns out what we thought was a cliff face was actually part of the structure of the lab itself. It must have been truly impressive when it was first constructed, but now it was so covered in dirt and vines that we almost missed it. Inside was warmer than I expected, and surprisingly dry. You had to squeeze to fit through the gap but the long weeks on the road with increasingly scarce rations made it easier than it would have been in the summertime when food was plentiful. We made it in with only a few scrapes and then took a moment to observe our surroundings. With the light coming in through the gap, we were able to make a temporary torch to illuminate the rest of the mostly unremarkable room we found ourselves in. In the next room, we found more torches, and they were still in good condition. All four of us having a light source allowed us to spread out and search more rooms, though we stayed within earshot of each other at all times. You know, better safe than sorry. Most of the rooms were empty, save signs that some local wildlife called it home. We took care not to disturb any of the nests if we could help it. Some rooms held tables that were covered in empty binkers and broken jars that at one point probably held all manner of magical and alchemical ingredients. I couldn't help but wonder what all was made here. But then I would start thinking of Demon's Blood, and that was something I did not want to think about. May not have been made here, but I had no doubt in my mind that the inspiration for it came from here. Information had a way of traveling, and it was very possible that someone had stolen something from here long ago that led to the discovery, a discovery that we all would have been better off without. It was when we were near the other side of the building that we found both what we were looking for and the thing I was hoping we would not find. We found what records remained, carefully preserved through magical and alchemical means. And while we were paging through the records, the scientist found us. And from the way he looked at me, he knew exactly who I was. You have been listening to Ceasefire, the story of the end of a war that did not end the world. This story was written and produced by Brianna Jean as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network changing reality one story at a time. In this episode, you can hear the voices of Brianna Jean as Vivian, Zadkiel Vasky-Huff as Sam. You can support all of our productions over at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.com.